take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back. Mike Young here, stories that need to be told. Phoenix, Arizona, downtown with one of my oldest best buddies, Brett Ernst. What up? Hello, Michael. I mean, we go way back. Brett and I go way back, way past the Young American Comedy Tour. First, I mean, we met at the Comedy Store 16 years ago, maybe 17. You know what I mean? When you looked exactly the same with just a little more hair. Uh, why? What do you mean? I, why, I should grow my hair out more? Well, I mean, you're taking collagen, so... That, That's for my joints. <laughs> for my hair. We, my hair is out of control, man. I'm trying to tame it. I got that guinea... Uh, it's kind of like a Jufro. You got a strong head of hair. Yeah, I got a great head of hair. Yeah. Yeah, we used to talk about softball, play games. Now we're talking about pumping collagen for joints. <laughs> yeah, no. And how we could just, you know, just when, when, get rest. When, once you hit 40, it starts to, you know... It starts to go over. No one yeah. knows I'm 40. No one knows at all. Well, you um, can't really tell. No, I don't look 40. Now I got to let my hair grow out because the motherfucker cut my face at the, uh, at the shave shop. Yeah, I can't believe you paid. Uh, you, know, you know when was the last time I got a uh, straight razor shave? It looks like 13. It looks like you can't grow hair on your face. Well, I... I, <laughs> I uh, Brett's got the youngest looking face. I mean, I got a young looking face. People think I look younger, but you really shine. <laughs> you got great flushed cheeks. <laughs> young Ernst. Ernst I, feel like I feel young. like I'm doing a podcast with Brian Callen where we just compliment each other the whole time. I'll compliment you. No, uh, what the fuck was I going to ask you? I just forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, because you're jacked up on that stuff. Uh, let's just do, let's just go back. Let's go back way back. First of all, how much fun did we have on the Young American Comedy Tour? I it mean, was, it was amazing. It was really amazing. Yeah. I mean. You know, we we did probably 16 cities together. Everybody had a distinct personality. Brett was <laughs> Brett. Brett can hold his own on any level in any arena, as far as you know, radio, TV. He's been killing it for years. He's headlining all over the country. But we used to go do radio, and Brett and I would I would have to say we did the most talking. Yeah, absolutely. And Sebastian did none. He didn't well, talk do they until he got a Showtime special. Do they know who special. was on the tour? You guys say that it was me, you, Steve Byrne, Sebastian Maniscalco, um, who just everybody knows. Ian Edwards Sebastian popped now. in. Bobby Lee, Tony Rock, Butch Bradley, Burt Bur- Kreischer, um, Nigel. Remember Nigel? Who's Nigel? Wasn't that the 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 British kid, the kid from Australia? No, you're mixing tours. I don't know. I don't know Nigel. Nigel was with us at the Tropicana. Oh well, then he just popped in for the Trop. Wow, let's talk about the weekend at the Tropicana with me, you, Butch Bradley, the guy that owned the club at the Trop. By, the, by Sunday night, the guy was crawling on the stage, hammered out of his mind. We well, were getting one, chased by the Irish Mafia. What was, what was great was, in, uh, was the one in Atlantic City. Because there was oh. the one in Vegas we did and the one in Atlantic City. And then, then the dude from Geno's kept bringing us steaks. And our pictures at Geno's, you know, if you ever go to Geno's in Philly, there's a picture, yeah, the tour, the Young American tour pictures on the wall up there with all of us. Is it really? Yeah. I can't even get booked in Philly. I, I got <laughs> to send that picture to somebody. I remember your boy. I remember when Gino came to the show. Yeah. 
Oh my God! Do you remember? Do you remember Atlantic City? Absolutely, I mean, everything happened in Atlantic City. Yeah, it was a good time. There I think f- Scorsese got the idea for Boardwalk Empire from watching our <laughs> no, comedy. Too. There were yeah, what were there fights? There was drinking. There was uh, you know some type of fornication. And like what? Like one o'clock in the morning, I got a call. Like Butch's brother had smacked a cop. Like some Something everything happened. happened. Rest in peace, by the way. You know Butch's brother. Died. Yes, rest in peace. He was a Brian. Was a great dude. Yeah, great dude. All kinds of crazy shit. Yo, over it was the a year. lot of fun, man. And then, then, you know, you know, that's the thing when, when you come up with guys, cause this is almost like, this is beyond high school. Like you spend time, you grow up with people in, um, in elementary, you know, as kids, but I moved around a lot. So I had friends, I went to 15 different schools and then one high school, you know, you have your, your three years in middle, your four years of high school and your four years of college. And then most people move on. We extended that by like 18 years. We've been in an 18-year high school program right <laughs> yeah, now. Absolutely. And, and we've, we've stayed been, friends like, with the same dudes. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, we, we get together when we can. We play baseball. You know, we do fast pitch softball. Um, you know, we go on the road. We work together when we can. Like next weekend. And now, now, we, now we're all married, except for single Mike. Single Mike isn't married. But like next weekend, I'll, I'll be in Vegas. Uh, I'm at the Stratosphere, and then Sebastian's at the Mirage, and you're going to be opening for Sebastian. Se- yep. Sebby's going to have his wife. I'll have my wife. And I'll have the cocktail waitress. You'll have some cocktail waitress that, yeah. you, that you pulled. Yeah, that I already know from eight months ago. Mike, from opening Mike's for somebody amazing. Else. Mike, Mike pulled a, a waitress that needs a fake ID to get it. First of all, that's almost, let, let's, we don't need to go there. I, I thought she was 24 years old. So did I. She was talking to us all day at the table. I thought she was 24 years old. She said she wanted to come to the show. I asked her to come to the show. It was hilarious. And then Mike goes, yeah, of course, you know, you could come to the show. And then she goes, oh, um, let me show you my fake ID to see if we could get it, like if I could use it. And Mike goes, no, you're not getting in with no fake ID. You know what I mean? I can't yeah. let you in at the show. Leave it up to me to end up being the one that gets the entire comedy club shut down because <laughs> no, an like, underage girl no, she's comes not in. Com- she's not coming in. It's unbelievable, man. Yeah, so she didn't come to the show last night. Yo, Brett, as a badass comic, bro, who is now packing the house. We're in Phoenix stand-up live right now in the green room. Brett sold out. I mean, call it what you want. I'm going to call it two sold-out shows on Friday and Saturday, crazy packed houses, people lined up. You're starting to see your audience, who your audience is. Yeah. Are you shocked, surprised by anything that's going on right now? No. No, you saw this for yourself, and this is the audience you kind of see yourself bonding with. Well, I, I want to I get to those theaters, man. You know, that's, that's the goal. Right. You and know, selling instead of 400 seats, you know, 1,500 seats. Right. Instead of coming in on a wet from Wednesday. Well, like, yeah. Here's the difference between where we're at. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go into to Vegas on Monday. I'm there Monday through Sunday, and Sebastian's there Friday, Saturday, in in a fucking showroom, packing in it. Let's talk about him, dude. I mean, Sebastian we is. We could be more proud it. of him. Can't be more proud. No. Of him. And you know what I love? I'm going to tell you what I love about Sebastian, and we all saw this coming. He had his shit planned out from the day he moved to Los Angeles. You know what I mean? He drove a Jaguar when he couldn't afford it, just to <laughs> yeah. let you know he'd be driving a Jaguar. He had 8 by 10 headshots that he was passing out. Do you remember? What, yeah, do you remember? <laughs> as if he was well, we already the man. We used to make fun of him. It was hilarious. We, we did the, the Young American tour in Fort Lauderdale, and then um, Sebastian had, like, these huge-ass color... But he, would, he was handing out flyers after the show. He was always hustling. 
And then when we're walking back to the hotel, all you see is his flyers everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he's picking them up going, these are friggin' almost $2 a piece. Yeah, no, no, no. The streets of Lauderdale and West Palm at the time were littered with Sebastian with Sebastian Flyers. Nah, he's uh he's always uh he's not always he's always been great. He's always been my favorite. And you know what's cool about even watching guys you come up with is that like they were always good and you don't realize how great they can be. Great they like you know, you see somebody go, Oh, this guy's good and then you think they're great and then you see that they're better than they were. And that, you know, because that's what I love about comedy. I mean, I'm 18 years, I'm 19 years in now. April 25th is my 19 year anniversary. Did you start comedy when you got to LA, or were you no, doing comedy doing in, in Florida, Florida, in Miami for about three years at the Improv? Yeah, I, when I started, Tosh was just leaving. And see, then, yeah, see, that's what's so funny. Everybody there thinks there was no Improv then, right? Everybody thinks I was doing comedy in college or I was doing comedy. I didn't do a single set of stand-up comedy till I met you at the comedy store, and I was doing open mics on Sundays every day with the degenerates. Well, how long have you been there? Because the first time I met you was at the Cat Club, and I watched your set, and I was fucking dying. Thanks. It was shit that I related to. And then... Uh, and I, did then ha- I did half that set last night. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Same <laughs> joke. <laughs> no, but... Um, <laughs> the... Uh, so how long have you been doing it? Like, what year did you start? Yeah, you know, I don't know, like, the, the year I started. I can't remember. But whatever year, me, you, Sebastian, and Bobby Lee. It couldn't have been. It had to be before that. Because I met you in 99 at an open mic. So were you, did you ever start at the comedy store before that? During, like, when you first got I to got L.A.? Past, no, I got past the comedy store in 2000. Was I already a regular? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, then I got passed at the comedy store probably two years before that. That's what I'm saying. So, because you were doing comedy bef- before me. We, I may be doing comedy a year longer than you, but you've been in L.A. for a while. Yeah, well, I was in L.A. for a year. I didn't know you. Then I went back to Detroit for a year and a half. Then I came back. But either way, I feel like our classes, me, but you... We could have this conversation over lunch. I think we did, <laughs> twice. Uh, I feel like, uh, no, but our class was me, you, Bobby Lee, Sebastian, Ahmed. Mm-hmm. Maz Jabrani. Maz. Sam Tripoli. Yep. Uh, there was a bunch. It's a strong class. Well, here's, here's what happened to us, okay? And there's, there's literally, when, we, when I started comedy, it was the very, the boom had ended. And then the development stage and stand-up, and for those of you who don't know what that is, that's like uh, when you go to like a festival, you get a development deal, and you know, it was, there was the old way of doing things. When we were maybe three years in comedy, four years, is when that reality show shit hit. Right. And it really took up most of the opportunities for comics. I mean, it was pretty dry. There, you weren't really seeing sitcoms being developed like they're doing again now. Right. You know, like right now, Gerard had a show. Whitney had her show. Sebastian has a show that he just shot his pilot for. They weren't really developing then, like for comics. Right. Yeah, there was that phase of non-development. There was almost a 10-year period. Right. It was post-Seinfeld, you know, after all All that that Seinfeld. And then the other thing that happened to us is the internet. So we had to deal with reality television and... uh, MySpace and then Facebook and then how many YouTube's hit hits do you have? And pretty much the industry, it, it was reinventing itself because even now networks, there was the, I think out of the Golden Globes, out of, there wasn't one network show nominated. It's more internet now, Netflix, Hulu. But now that the smoke is cleared, smoke is cleared, meaning that the talent's rising to the top yes, finally. Yeah, 
and and now that the smoke's cleared and there's more of a clearer path and now it's the best time to be a comic i look at it as we were being we were fortunate because not that we wouldn't have stopped doing comedy but comedy was our lifeline that's all we had that's how we eat so like say cuz like a lot of those 80s comics a lot of them like Roseanne Barr couldn't she had like 15 minutes or 20 minutes but they were popping and out of the clubs like right. the clubs blew them up but they were only doing comedy some of them 6 years and getting TV shows and shit right whereas and and I'm not the only one to say this I was with Dom uh, Dom Herrera and Jamie Masada the guy that owns the Laugh Factory when I was I was there uh last weekend, Saturday, that we were all talking about this. Jamie said this is the best generation of comedians he's ever seen across the board. I wonder what he means by that. Clearest voices, best it's talent, just, we were all, original. We were all forced to marinate. You yeah. were forced to marinate in the business for a long time. And you can't fake what we do. Right. And, and you know, there's guys uh, like Dove Davidoff, Big J Okerson, Ari Shafir, um, all these cats. Look at Bill Burr. If you would have asked me seven years ago who the best comic in the country was, I would have told you Bill Burr. Right. But if it wasn't for that podcast, you know. Nobody, he, right, nobody else would know how great he is. Right. And now, now it's, you know, he's, in my opinion, the, one of the best comics ever. And, you know, Kevin Hart is really the biggest draw on the road right now. Right. But these were guys, I think Burr was doing comedy at least 20 years. Oh, for sure. Did you, you know, know I mean? Kevin Hart coming Maron. up? Huh? Did you know Kevin Hart coming up? Like, did you used to do... Um, I did his show. Yeah, I mean, I knew him. And then he, uh, Bob Sumner, the guy that did Def Jam, he had a show. He gave Kevin a show on BET. It was called One Mike Stand. So uh, they gave me my own little 20 minutes on that. And then um, I, I know Kevin, you know, just from being, doing like, uh, uh, what was it, tripping on Tuesdays. And, right. Because, you know, I started in black rooms my first three years in L.A. That's all I did was uh, the urban room. Right. You know, and you got an urban, yo, bro, you're urbaned out. You're still, you're, <laughs> you're, you're Keith Urban. You're urban. You, you got the urban vibe. It's in you. But now, now that the, now it's the best time to be a comic. And the other thing that's, that's good is the fact that, um, the bar is you, people can see good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for back, back then, um, uh, back then, oh. hey, hold on, we're, we're podcasting. Hey guys. This is how it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a little, yeah, we'll be on just a little bit. Is that cool? Thanks. So, um. Green room, strong. Say what? No, just green. This is how it goes. Natural, natural transition. <laughs> Pop in the green room. What the fuck was I saying? Oh, oh, oh. Now, like, because back in the day, the industry would tell you, this is who, this is who the great comics are. Meanwhile, there were people in the clubs that nobody knew about. Right. Now, the industry, they can try and force a comedian on you, but if you go online, you'll see a Bill Burr. Like, the, the, the bar is raised high. Good. And that's the way you need it to be. I love that. I love being forced to have to write and come and find your own voice. It takes a long time to find your voice. Absolutely. But 11 years at least. For sure. But the funny shit is, is you've always been this guy. Like, no, I've known you. You've always been this guy. Uh, you've been talking about stealing car radios for 15 years since <laughs> I've known you. But only now, it's almost like... You were great when you started, and you, you, we knew you were hilarious, and you had this voice of, of being from South Florida, and a kid, you know, white boy in a rough neighborhood. And then you go through the phase of kind of like, find that voice, find that voice, and you're still doing fine and doing good, but then you go to another level where it's almost like you settle in your skin, and that voice becomes clear. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what, but that's, again, through repetition. Um, 
you know that you, that ten thousand hour rule. You ever hear that? Yeah, yeah, I've that, read all those books. They they say that it applies. It, it does apply to comedy, but the problem with comedy, you got to get ten thousand hours, ten minutes at a time. No shit. You know what I mean? And then that's why you can't fake that that eleven years. You know, or it's, fifteen, or because there's six, eleven, and fifteen. They say are the milestones. Right. And once you get past fifteen, you could pretty much figure out everything. I mean, and now you're just improving on 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 your material. But once you hit 15, it's almost like saying if you have 5 billion or 1 billion, right. you're still a billionaire. Like right. you could talk to a 25-year comic and a, and a guy that's been doing it almost 15 and they're pretty much seen seen it all, you know. You you, right. you can you can pretty much connect on every shitty gig ever. I mean, I feel like that's where I cut my teeth was in the shitty rooms. That's like how you have I to. feel like I was getting so much I mean, so much more stage time in the in the early days. Just the Ramada in basements, Dublins, like mm-hmm. the all the cool side rooms. Where'd I meet you? The cat club where like I'm like Stevie my boy, D show. Yeah, Stevie D show. Was that Miyagi's? Who did who ran Miyagi's? That was and then we had That was Miyagi. Jay Davis. All right, Jay Davis. Basically, we just followed Jay Davis around for 20 years. <laughs> That's all you got to do in L.A. You know what I mean? All paths lead to Jay Davis. Yeah, the parlor now, he's running. It's a good show. Yeah, we had great shows. But I'm saying, then we all start getting busy in different ways. And, like, my the bummer for me has been over the last seven, eight the years. The bummer for you is you've been directing and writing movies. It's <laughs> such a bummer. Here's how crazy it is. Mike's got a show for, uh, development for HBO. He wrote two movies. You know, directing movies, and he's still fighting to get a 15-minute spot at 1 a.m. Isn't that's that the, fucked up? That's the comedy star. That's that's how it is. It is like the ultimate equalizer. Like my, I have I I I have no ego because. I literally can't get a spot at the comedy store. I got nothing to brag but about. The, the other thing is that that's our that's what we love, man. Like that's all we care about. That's Everything it. else just falls into place. I mean, you know, the, the acting and because I've had like I don't know nine pilots that didn't go and you know you just constantly but stand up is your 401k it's what you know nobody could take that away from us it's all we give a fuck about that's all i care about and it's why i keep going on the road and i'll go with you or i'll go with sebastian i'll go with russell like uh, like in my mind yeah i could direct another three movies you know what i mean but i want to start headlining like i want people to know my stand-up and over the seven years when I, flat, you know, when I first started getting in the movie shit, I wasn't able to get on stage. I just wasn't. I was just fucking drained. And by the end of shooting a movie in a day, you don't have the physical, mental energy no, to go on go. stage. You don't, you don't have it. So like, like right now in between things that are happening, I just want to get back on stage as much as possible and get my fucking hour special. Well, that's I'm gonna know, kidnap somebody. Well, that, getting back to the internet thing, okay? That's the most like I shot mine on my own, right? And that's the beautiful part of it. Like once, once that's why the internet is is this is the best time to be an artist, man. You know, it just takes a little bit more initiative. So are you, you saying say, are you saying the internet because you can share on the internet? Is that what you're talking about? Like yeah, you what, can, I can literally yeah. say I shoot my special, okay, and nobody wants to buy it. Or I mean, you know, we have a couple offers now, but I'm saying, but just say nobody wants to buy it. All right. And I put it online for free. Let it sit out there for two years and then watch your ticket sales go. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's we're 
what I love about it, and you're seeing it in this election too, is guys like Bernie Sanders. You could do grassroots stuff now. Yeah. There's the, the gatekeepers really going away. I love that. I yeah. love the idea. It's almost like, remember back in the day, like guerrilla marketing for rappers? Yeah. You'd see like rappers posters on fucking, on, on bill, on, uh, on poles and light posts and, you know, guerrilla shit, street shit. It's like when we did the Young America tour. My favorite thing of that whole thing was literally photo shoot, making flyers, getting it out there, well, even like the word of mouth. Like even the music industry. What's the rapper kid name? I can't think of his name right Chance now. Chance the Rapper? No, no, no. The one kid. He's huge online. He's dope as shit. Can't think of his name. Not, uh, not Machine Gun Kelly? No, man. He's like, J- J- not J. Cole. Um... I'll, I'll look it up. It'll come right. to me halfway through. The thing. But we're going back to the roots of guerrilla marketing well, we, and, and letting the public decide need, what's good. Absolutely. And that's also what you're seeing in politics now is you're seeing candidates like Bernie and even Trump, whether you hate him or don't hate him, uh, or like him or don't like him. There's there's these two people are outside of what the Hillary Clintons are and the Ted Cruz's are. You know, I, yeah. And it's a good thing. I mean, even in the entertainment business, it's a good thing. We literally. Me and you, even this weekend, there's a couple projects. We can literally launch our own shit right now. Right. And we have the people to shoot it. We have the equipment to shoot it. And, and it's now becoming an artist industry again. Yeah. And that's only because of the internet. I Thank love God. that. I love uh, it too. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Take me back when I was a kid. Do you spend a lot of time on the internet? Do you spend a lot of time yourself? Do you put hours into your marketing on the internet to putting your stuff you know, up? Or do you have your team kind uh, of do it? No, I, I, what I do, I mean, I just do posts and stuff. Like, I have some people that run my social media, but my podcast, that's the other thing that's great is stuff like this. You could do some unedited, uh, an unedited, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uncensored voice, you know? You got to remember, too, man, like, Back in the day, do you know they used to consider one letter? Like, say, say somebody saw something on a network television show. Right. Now, again, I don't know how true this is. I read it in a book, so I don't know. Because, you know, you could read stuff about comedy in a book, and you're like, this isn't true. But right. just saying, this is, this is the rumor. That if somebody wrote a letter that upset them about something they saw, say, on All in the Family. Which happened all the time. The network would consider that 10,000 letters, saying that... That offended, that was the ratio. They came, because to take the time for one person to write a letter and yeah. to mail it, you know? Yeah. Bless you. Bless now, you. now those numbers are exaggerated. For anybody that watches, like, reads the trolling on a U, nobody gives a fuck anymore. I could, you could fill a room with some of the, some of the shit that I, I got from people like that saw, uh, you know, saw me on TV or didn't like what I say. It, they're not, you can't be bullied anymore. Right. And people right. think it's the other way around. You know what I mean? People think now you can't really, say, no, say what the fuck you want and just stick with it. Right. And tell everybody to go fuck themselves. And when you, when you accumulate your own audience, it doesn't matter. That's like what Rogan has and Burr has and Mark Marin has. Right. They've got their they, audience. Yeah. They're going to say what they want. Uh, if, if, if a sponsor wants to make money, then jump on the fucking podcast. Right. But it doesn't matter to them. Because their audience is built in. You can't take that away. Right. That's the beautiful thing about being an artist. It just takes a long fucking time. No doubt. So you got to ask yourself as an artist, do you want to be 
you know, the Backstreet Boys make fucking a shitload of money in four years, and then you're 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 now a punchline. Right. Or you want to be Led Zeppelin? That your body of work will stand the test of time. You're going to be a George Carlin or a Richard Pryor, or you know, you right? Stevie Wonder, who's still you know a million Absolutely. a month publishing money. Absolutely, because the the key of an artist is to allow your audience to find you. Now, when you asked me before, was I shocked that I sold this? I didn't expect this many. Yeah. But I've been doing this on the road. I've been working on the road fucking hard for the, really 35 cities a, a year for probably the past eight, nine years. You know what I mean? Wow. And, and as you keep coming, and the other thing is you go into a market only once a year. Right. So by the fifth time you're in a market, that's five fucking years, sometimes yep. six. And they know you. Right. And that's how you're building an audience. But they don't know it was a year, a year and a half ago. Right. But that's the rule, the comedy club rule. You don't want to do, you're never going to do a club twice in one year. Are you still digging the road? Are you still enjoying the road? You're married now. It's um, different, but I mean, you, know, you still yeah. slept till two. Um, yeah, but it's also, you know. Uh, that's the life of a comic. I'm like, Brett, it's two o'clock. Brett's like, yo, I just got up. I want to go to pick out a shirt at Urban well, you know Outfitters. What happened? <laughs> he, looked, he looked at all these short sleeve shirts at Urban Outfitters for a half hour straight. Green, black, white, orange. He showed up just now with a green shirt. I'm like, oh, did you get that at Urban Outfitters? No, I brought it. <laughs> I had it with me. He was, you got your shirt. No, but like, you know, well, you know how it is. You, you, you get done with your set, your mind's still gone. I'll go back to the room, do a couple rewrites on, on what I'm working on, and then fall asleep at like five. Are you falling asleep at five? Yeah, I, I fall asleep like five, six in the morning sometimes. Yeah. There's times when I, I would just go right to the gym and then try and sleep. It's Yo, well, tough to shut your mind off. Yeah, when I think about... See, you smoke weed. I don't smoke weed. If I smoke weed, it would fucking shut down right away. Once in a while. I'm not, it's not like I smoke that much weed where it's like Dude. affecting my sleep patterns. What are you talking about? Dude. What are you talking about? Somebody just got fucking defensive. Well, no, no. But I'm what, saying... What does that have to do with anything? When your mind's racing... My mind races right. like yours? I have a, I have a I'm racing... Saying when, pe when people, when, if people who, who smoke pot... Can go to sleep? Yeah, it could slow it down. You know what I mean? And, and It depends what kind of pot. I don't know any of that shit. I'm saying, you just told me the other day. You said, I can't wait till you start smoking weed. You need I need to, start. to. I know you do. You came off stage last night and did a whole nother set in the green room. Yeah, I can't slow my mind down, man. <laughs> Yo, when Brett's not, mind. Now, wait a minute. Do you see what you just did? Do you even listen when I talk? Yeah, yeah. Of you course just it. said, what do you mean? I don't. What do you, then you're like, you need to smoke weed because <laughs> you're agreeing with me. You know it. No, but it was still only 11, 11 o'clock. I can't, I can't believe you stayed up till 5. I wish I did, man. I mean, I know a lot of comics that, you know, smoke it and it helps them. And then, I, then we know those ones that just that's all they it. do is fucking smoke right. it. They and, just and look it, dirty and unhealthy. And it hurts them. Like, they, right. they can't get motivated. They right. can't do anything. Right. And they See, can't figure out why. I'm nervous that if I know me, if I do it, I, I'm all in. You, I'm you, zero to you, 100. You, you say that, but you... I don't think that would ever be your thing. I mean, we don't even, I don't think that would ever be your thing. I know you, you're an upper kind of guy. Like, you're up. You know what I mean? I've never seen you mellow, chilling. It's all good. You're up. And when, it, when it's any kind of antagonistic situation, your cat-like reflexes step up. I yeah, don't, you don't see you becoming an... That would, that would chill me out a little? No, I think your reaction would be, that was cool. That was cool. Well, it was all good. No, I'm really? good. I'm good. I'll I don't tell you think... right now, Ari Shafir was trying to get me high on air. Yeah. Well, I might, I might, I, I'm dead curious to see what the fuck happens. Yeah. You know, if it, I do it. I, I take pride in the fact that I never did it, you know? I know you do. You've been sticking with that shit for your whole life. Yeah. 
And I see in your act how you want to like make people kind of feel bad that that still do it, but yet you're kind of switching over to the to the to the your, the what positive end of it. What did I say it? in my act? Last night on stage, you were like, uh, yeah. Oh. And then you got those people that smoke weed that just think it's like the great. Get yeah, shut the fuck. No, up. what I you're said fucking, was, well, whenever you you're talk retarded. To, listen, whenever you talk to people who smoke pot, they're always trying to act like, dude, it's good for you. You know. Yeah. It comes from the earth. I'm like, yeah. that's such a dumb argument. That's like saying, oh, so does uranium. It does, <laughs> yeah. Just because it's from the earth doesn't mean it's good for you. True. But True you smoke, I chew tobacco, dude. Terrible. Absolutely. Hole in your lip. Abso- no, it's not that bad. It could be. No. You got two cans a night, I see. I do it every, every Well, we lost one last. I remember I was crawling on the floor <laughs> like a junkie. Yeah. yeah. Last night in the green room, Brett, I look up. Brett's literally on fours, on all fours, crawling around, looking under the couch for a canister of tobacco for, <laughs> that, that cost 89 cents at the CVS downstairs. Take it easy. They taxed the fuck out of it. It's a $7 can. Is it? It was almost as much as the fucking lip balm I had to buy. <laughs> Yo, by the way, road stories, are, we, they're some of the best things ever. And this hasn't been like a crazy weekend but we've had some fun and we brett and i went to work out in the gym the other day and we saw two of the staff members there and brett just to I show you this, but i took this fucking energy drink that i'm on right now just to show I'm you sweating as we're sitting literally he can't his fucking right leg shaking right now and it's, he's about to kick into another gear but i've known brett for so long and he is sensitive to chemicals and he shows me this shit that they give you at the gym he's like you see this 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 is the real shit he takes it we go, we start working out. He runs into the two kids from the, from the gym that are our staff here from, uh, from the comedy club. They're trying to get a workout in. All of a sudden, I see Brett go deep. He just starts, he's talking to them yeah, about I don't know what the crap I, I went from. Yeah, we, we Yo, were talking about fighting. And- I was doing triceps. I looked over at one point. You were fucking on the ground showing them how to defend you. We're in the <laughs> middle of a gym. <laughs> You're on your back you exa- showing them how to defend themselves you guys from listen, an attack. You notice Mike exaggerates everything. No. I wasn't on the ground. You were on a bench on your back, and all I saw was, like, if a guy comes at you, it's better to use a hammer fist. So I'm like, yo, I'm not going over there to get involved in this shit with Brett. I'm going to let him go. I came over to say what up. I went back to my workout. Came back. Came back. I was already, you, what was I talking about? You guys, you got to own everything. You got to have accountability. I walk back. Brett's telling these two young dudes in their 20s, I'm going to tell you something. The world doesn't owe you anything, and the world, and you, and you don't owe the world anything. I said, no, you guys better be prepared. You fucking thing. <laughs> you, the world doesn't owe you a fucking thing. And by the way, understand the this is a public gym. Everybody's around me. There's people everywhere. There was, a, there was like a Native American dude, I told you, on the bench just staring at you going, I'll never get a fucking set in. I'm never going to get a set in. Brett had the ear of the gym, <laughs> all because of that shit. So yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful with that energy drink. But no, again, I, I'll fall asleep at like six, man. But you know, I, I, we're off track now. There I'm just no, saying to get your special done, just fucking do it. What and do you think I should do? You think I should just go self fund a special for myself? Dude, it's not much now, man. You you got all the connections with the equipment, right? No, yeah, absolutely. Just fucking go up, shoot it. Yeah. Don't, not even to sell it, because here's what else you could do with it. You could use that to, well, we could talk about this off air, because there's 10 different ways to do it. And I, again, worst case scenario, what, are there any clips of you online? Yeah, there's a couple clips. Okay. On Craig Ferguson, on, uh, you know, uh, Carson Daly, whatever. Okay. There's a few clips. Why, you got something, you got an idea? No, I'm saying people need to know how funny you are, man. I appreciate that. They do. Your only me, only me. You fucking successful behind the camera right now, and it's interfering. It's fucking up my fucking it's game. Fucking up, it's fucking up your 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 open mics. <laughs> Yo, 
I'm writing fucking Kanye West TV show, and all I want to do is go back to the basement of the Ramada Inn and fucking do a seven-minute set for a a bunch of tourists. It's amazing, man. It's amazing. I was uh, talking to Asif last night. Uh, The kid Asif Ali came in, and he's on that new show, Wrecked, on TBS. He was on Craig uh, Robinson's show last year. Great young comic, dude. Yeah. And uh, he's on a TV show right now, and he still has to fucking audition audition for Montreal. For New Faces. <clears throat> yeah, for the New Faces, even though he's been on two series. Yo, that's why I always say stand-up comedy is the great equalizer. Well, was, it is the great equalizer. Well, we were talking about that, and you know you know who's been making his rounds around town is Judd Apatow. How crazy is that? And, you know, I've been watching him. I, I've, I've only introduced myself once or twice. He said, what's up? You know, it's yeah. my face. I don't really know him. And not that it matters, but when he first got in it, when he came back on stage, this yeah. was like, I'd say, I don't know, maybe three years ago. It could yeah. be longer, it could be earlier. I'm just guessing. Yeah. But I saw when he started getting his legs back. And then last night, after my set at the factory, I had a set at the improv. Yep. And uh, I was on the 10 o'clock show. And Judd was on before me. And I watched him. He did 20 minutes, bro. Yeah. And it was fucking great. I thought the same thing. And the other thing he said on stage, he told the whole audience, he says, you know, you know, being a successful director, he goes, I started losing touch with everything. So I decided to get back on stage and fucking bring myself down. That that was super inspirational. Self back up. Yeah. And, And it's a great thing. I mean, you know, he's a creative dude. He's a great, you know, good dude. But his act was fucking amazing. Yo, his bits were hilarious. He yeah. said, I saw him. He, he was at the comedy store on uh, Thursday night before I flew here on Friday. I said the same thing. I brought my boys in, into the comedy store. They were so, I couldn't believe he was on stage. And just like you said, I saw him a year and a half, two years ago, and he was just getting his legs under him. You knew the concepts of the bits were kind of dope, but he wasn't banging them out. And then I saw him on Thursday, and he killed it. He was killing it. You know, you, ever, you know what I love that line in Rocky Three when he tells Rocky, he says, uh, the worst thing that could ever happen to a fighter is he becomes civilized. Yeah. It's the same thing with a comic. The, the hardest thing, it's you have to, if you want, as an artist, you have to stay hungry. And my and, brother said that to and me. You forever. have to take risks. And you know, and listen, man, you know, I'm trying to we're producing films now. And it, you know, it does, it takes up a lot of your creative juices yeah. in a sense. But to, to keep getting back, the stage always calls you. It's calling you, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I got 15 new jokes I'm not going to do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> They're written in front of my face. I got them on a fucking pad of paper, but I will get into a rhythm on stage, and I will mentally forget to go into my new shit because I, my, I have a weird memory issue, I think. And no, I need it's to- not. It's just that you're, you're, you're getting... No, but when I get in a rhythm, I, I I need to get I need to start. I'm telling you that I need to get back in the open mic shit where I can go work out the new stuff, and then within a year I'll have it all ironclad. Well, the clad. thing is, too, you're a professional, so you're not gonna fucking go work out a new bit in front of 350 in front of people, 400 something people. That's what I, mean? I try to tell my brother in Detroit. He's like, you got to work on some new shit. I'm like. I'm do I'm opening for Russell in front of 2,000 yeah. people. See, you're I'm working. Not- we're, we're giving you work. You're working. Right? Yeah. Because you're opening for guys, you know, which, and by the way, I can't, when I, when I have people open for me, I usually have people that are headline, like should be headlining. Yeah. I don't, because when, when a person watches a show, they walk away with an experience. 100%. And, 100%. And everybody before me has to be fucking great. And like I said last night, you and Asif have more credits than I fucking got. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? 
And I need you. I want people to be so fucking like, wow, wow. What a show. Right. And then when I get up there, so I can't sit there and do it. Some I've seen fucking headliners doing grow up coming up. What do you want to talk about? And fucking work out in front of a paid audience. No. These people got jobs. They, you know, it, it's a lot of money to come to a club. And, you know, you got to fucking give them a show. Yep. And save that open mic shit for open mics. Yo, I got a question for you because I know all about you, bro. I, when we did Florida, I stayed hung with your family, your mom, Tom, rest in peace. I know your roots. I know where you're from. When you started... Is this is this the voice that your boys when you were young said, dude, you should be a comedian? Like, was this how you were funny in front of your friends? Because you're a storyteller, and it's because you've got so many stories. Well, Sam Tripley, Sam Tripley helped me with that. By the way, I'll, I'll tell you that in a little bit. But <clears throat> excuse me. When I when I started comedy, I was always I was in my twenties, so I was always talking about going out nightclubs, making fun of people. What I'm talking about now, basically. No, well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, and. Uh, no, I was not. I'm a different comic now. Yeah. I'm a different comic. But, you know, some people like the older stuff. Because now it's a little heavier. I'm talking about, like, my dad killing himself, my brother dying. You know, but I make, make it fun. But it's, you know, it's, it's something that I've been working on for years. I'll be honest with you. I, it, it knocked me down a few pegs to try and get into this storytelling stuff. And Tripoli's the one that told me to do that. All, all the comics that knew me told me that. Yeah, because like, you are one of the most natural, amazing storytellers I've ever met. But, you but, really are. Well, thank you, It's man. a gift. But everybody was saying, they're like, dude, you're not doing yourself justice. But in reality, I was only doing comedy seven years. Right. You know what I mean? For sure. I, wasn't, I didn't have my legs yet. It's like when you first start fucking. Right. You're doing missionary. You're not really fucking. No. You know? <laughs> You know, it takes time. You develop your own. And you could tell somebody. You could tell anybody. You could just tell them how to start. You put, you, you put your thing in, the, in there, <laughs> yeah. and the rest is up to you. You're totally. going to develop your own style, the things you're into. I did missionary for 10 years before I perfected <laughs> Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> before you tried anal. Yeah. Yo, but no, seriously, your, your style, I don't know, man. You just, like, when you come back into a room and you, you, know, you, you know how you are. You tell stories every night. You, and they always go back to your childhood. I can't stop And there's punk. always people. I mean, I, listen, I love you. And yesterday, you were saying so many funny things about your childhood. And, like, and then, you know, we had to leave Brooklyn because things were no, getting no, heated. No, Brooklyn. Okay. I was never in Brooklyn. Whatever. So here you go. South Florida. It's yeah. all South Florida. No, Jersey. Jersey originally. But there was South, South Florida. Florida stories. Yeah. There were Jersey stories. And you said a couple classic fucking lines. I called Sebastian. I said, I got a couple Brett-isms that are just unbelievable. What were they? And, I mean, I don't know if I should even say them, but you said some funny shit. Like... I don't even. I don't even remember what. Like something so outlandish, it was to the effect of like, you know. Then once Sammy started flipping, we had to get out of town. Things were getting rough. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, you know what I mean? You have a like. People say live a life worth writing about. I think those stories that you tell about your childhood and being. Uh, well, listen. You're a hood. You're a I, fucking hood. Listen. Let's say what it is. It's. it's you're civilized. But, but I know you. But you, I, I told you this the other night. Like, a lot of things I, I did, I mean, you know, I, I yeah, I, I grew up in a lot of dysfunction, but it was never my, like, it wasn't my mother. My mother was, you know, great. And my stepfather later on, you know, uh, who was always in my life on and off, um, but I loved him to death. You know, he, he was yeah. an influence on me. He, yeah. he helped guide me. But, you know, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that, I, that's why I say in my act, you don't, I think, you think your shit's normal. Like, 
Right. I think everybody knows this type of stuff, you know, and until you venture out and you meet more people and different people, you know, but a lot of the stuff I did, you know, I didn't realize it was that big a deal until later on. And then you tell people things and they look at you like, what the fuck, man? Well, but the good news is, is that, you know, uh, you're making a legitimate living now. Yeah. But, you know, and. Yeah, and like half those guys are very successful and half of them are not. Right. And, you know, not to be vague about it, I, I would talk about it, but... I, I, you Do know, you I, not like to talk about no. that stuff? No. I don't want to put anybody else's business out there. Right. It's not... I, can, I only like to talk about things that I was directly involved with and right. that I can directly get, you know, right. reap the bows. Right, right, right. But Dude, I, I can say this about Brett. When I, I had an incident in Florida that happened to me, you know, I got sucker punched after a show, and shit was very bad. And I was I was having bad. They, they hospital to put you in the hospital. Put me in the hospital. I was having very negative thoughts about what to do to this guy. And one, uh, we Brett and I were working. We we were playing the uh, improv. Another you know months and months later, whatever. And all his boys came to the show, and I was like, and Brett's like, yo, if you know you need any help, if you need anything, look, you know, you just talk to my. But I met his friends, and it was literally. 12 dudes that will just that will yeah 12 real well, the dudes. other thing too is we were my mom they had was, tattoos in all the wrong my, places my, everybody does my mom, my mom was gonna pick you up and make you take care of you at our house bring you to our house because you had no family there you were by yourself at the time right by myself I, and who know. drove down somebody drove down was it your brother no my godfather yeah drove down my godfather was in like you, miami you got, they, they they got you pretty good man that's typical south florida shit though man like, I told my wife that, again, I thought it was everywhere. And no, it's not. It, it's, 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 it's in very, weird pockets, man. Yeah. There are weird pockets of this country where the mentality is collective, and it's scary, and you can feel it. And I think being a comedian and going to every city and all, the, you know, all over the country, you start to get a feel for the safer spots and, what, you know, and how to play it. And then that, but that's because dudes like me and you, we grew up kind of maybe more scrappy and antagonistic, and we would jump into the fire a little more. So, but obviously there's comics and dudes who travel the country. They never have an incident because their vibe is just to do a show, go to the hotel, get a club sandwich. Like Sebastian. You know what I mean? He just, he does it right. He's always done it right. Yeah. Not, me, you, Steve Byrne, we wake up on a Sunday, someone's got a chipped tooth and a bloody nose. You know what I mean? We don't know where no, it came Se from. Sebby's always had his shit together. He's always had it together. You know what I mean? Well, I'm a fucking crazy person. It's not like, um, I'm not a normal person. <laughs> no. But I know that. And the other thing is, uh, and I don't mean crazy like, oh, you know, psychotic. I meant I have weird things that, <laughs> like, I remember everything. Brett will fucking quote an article he read seven years ago, use it for an argument, and just stick to the damn article. And that's why I always said to you, I don't believe everything I read. It's like you're like a, you're like a, you have a weird photographic memory, yet you're, you're like, you're like fucking hood rain man. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, I, I do a little thing set me off and I don't know, man. I just... Uh, that's why you're a comic, bro. Yeah, We're outcasts. Comic, Comics are outcasts. I'm, ner I'm nervous, man, about like even trying any drugs. I just know me, man. Like last night... Well, then night, don't do it. Forget last it. Last night, dude, I went to the Circle K. On your way home at the end? Asif, Asif was, was taking me. And uh, yeah, because we, we left and he had to go to the... He wanted to stay up for like another hour. Because he was going to his flight yeah, early. Yeah, he had to catch his flight. Right. So we were going to try and find something to eat, and then we go to Circle K, and, and, it's, and it said it, it, was cl it closed, right? Okay. So I, I, I ring the thing. The guy's sweeping, right? Knocking on the window. The guy's sweeping. 
So Austin's like, come on, let's go. We'll go find a 7-Eleven or something. For 20 minutes, I couldn't <laughs> get that out of my head that the guy just ignored us like we weren't even there. And like, I, 19-year-old Brett wanted to throw a fucking brick through the window. Do you know just tell f- the guy to acknowledge the fact. Now, <laughs> that's insanity. That's not normal shit, dude. No, no, that's not normal, but I understand that. Yes. I, I totally understand that, but I'm going to give you a little tip. You need to start breathing and meditating. I need meditating. to start smoking weed. No, you need to start breathing because you'll get through that because I'm the same way to the point where right around this age, within the last three years, a very similar thing happened to me at a restaurant on Sunset. I knocked. They didn't answer. I knocked again. There's a whole bunch of people in there eating. He says they're closed. They don't close till midnight. It's only 11.30. I tell my boy, go across the street and get me a carton of eggs. And I fucking egged a restaurant as a grown man. And I did it recently. <laughs> and I couldn't let it go either. So the, It's those little things, man. I'm with you, man. And then half of you says, half of you goes, just breathe, let it go. But the other half goes, you only live once. Why don't I just let the guy know it wasn't right what he did? Well, here's what I did. I, I told myself, I said, listen, I said, uh, I said, um, the, uh, I told, I, I said myself, I gave myself a guy this scenario. I said, what if he just got this job? He needs money. He's been working 50 hours, you know, and just is like, I don't want to deal with it. And then I put myself when I was working, because I've done shit jobs my whole fucking life. Not saying his job's a shit job, but I've been in jobs that I did not like for years. Yeah. All right. I, I quit my day job at 31. I was still delivering pizzas at fucking 31 years old. Jesus. Okay. And um, right, did whatever guy- I had to do to survive. And that's where I put myself there. There'd be times I'm at the restaurant where I'm like, who the fucking asshole? Read the sign on the store. Right. But Asif, he went right to that. Like, he was just like, well, we're the assholes because the sign's right here. <laughs> you know what and, I mean? And he's right. I had to go, tw- I had to go fucking <laughs> 20 minutes around to come to where that kid is. And he's smiling and moving on. Yeah. You know? He's like, uh, you know what else is like that? Gerard. Gerard Carmichael. Gerard's yeah. the best kid on this planet. Yeah, he's got a real piece like about a, him. He's like a mentor, man. Like, yeah. he'll talk to me. He's like, Brad, just be calm. Like, we'll go get coffee or something. Where does he get his wisdom? I think he's, he's really 70. He's very religious, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he has a strong faith in God. And that, that's the other thing. He says, if you have a strong belief in God, then this stuff shouldn't bother you. You've got to work on that. No, but you have a, you have a strong faith. You're, yeah, you have I a, got the fucking Catholic shit. Yeah. Like Joe Rogan says, all people that are Catholic are crazy people. Yeah. Italians, Irish, Latinos, they're fucking hot, angry people. Yeah, you're right. Those we need are to, most Catholics. We need to go hang out in India with Asif's family. Yeah, we got to go hang out with the fucking uh, Hindus. Seriously. No, but there's something to that, man. You have to when, always let that be the lesson and then just don't hold on to shit like that anymore. It doesn't do you any good. Any, anytime I've had a, my big negative shit that happened to me, that was a lesson I took home. I said, you know what? I'm all good. You could yell at me now, do whatever. Yes, I did throw the eggs at the restaurant. But I didn't even have any anger <laughs> well, about nothing. it. That's nothing. That was a kid thing. I felt great about it. I actually that's loved doing it. That's my favorite joke here is that one friend that would take pranks too far. Yeah. Like, yo, let's go egg that house. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's kidnap her dad. <laughs> let's kidnap her fat dad. <laughs> I got to come up with a couple more of those, man. I haven't stretched that joke out, out in a long time. No, you got to retire that joke and move on. No one knows it but me, you, and Sebastian. <laughs> and I got Rus- the best fucking shit. And Russell. You've got the best material that nobody knows. It's unbelievable. That's what I'm saying. That's what do I do about that? Wine. I told you what to do. Just shoot something. I got to shoot. It. I got to go shoot something. Burr's the one. Burr was telling me he's the one that was like, and Ari too. 
they're like, dude, just shoot the fucking thing. What are you waiting for? Yeah. And, and the thing was is yeah, that... Yeah, there is no waiting. I started... Exactly. Here's what happened to me. In 2010, my half hour was top five at Comedy Central. Yep. Okay? So then I thought I would get an hour from them. And we were on a go... There was the one season I was on the one-yard line. And uh, it was the year D'Elia, Renazizi, and... Um, Neil Brennan did theirs. Okay. Then I was supposed to be the fourth, but then they're like, well, I think they wanted a girl, and they asked out to Natasha Legero, and she turned them down, so they went with three. Now, prior to that, I had a pilot for Fox, a scripted pilot with Gary Cole, and then uh, my, my, my people were like, let's hold back, because if the show goes... So then you're like, okay. Now, they're talking about getting leverage. So in the next year, we didn't go out, because then I had this NBC show, you know, that didn't get picked up. So now I'm sitting there waiting. So then I send, I send in like clips to some of these people to see if we can get the money yeah. so I don't have to come out of pocket. And it just became so much that I was telling Burr and, you know, I was not complaining, more getting advice. And they, and they just said, fucking shoot it. Just shoot it. Just shoot it. Yeah. Don't wait. Just fucking shoot it. And then let, them, and let everybody act like they've known how great you are. Yeah. Just shoot it. Or let everybody think that they were part of that project. Just fucking shoot it. I tell everybody that. And that's, listen, I did that with single mic. I shot it for $0. I shot it on 5D cameras that aren't even fucking, you know, no big time cameras. In my apartment, I shot it with friends and family. And, so, and, and well, now you know what to do then. Exactly. I'll produce it. But I wasn't even thinking about that for my stand-up special, but you're right. I'm, I'm going to produce it. 100% this year, Mike Young, you heard it here. I will be shooting a Mike, stand-up I'm special. Producing, I'm going to produce yours. I'm going to hook you up with some of the best equipment, everything, okay? Yeah, where we're, are we shooting uh, it? We're going we're gonna to shoot it. In Detroit? You know who else I'd want to shoot? No, we're going to have to do it in L.A. Okay, you got the spot? I mean, I mean if you want to do Detroit, if you got the camera crew in Detroit... No, you got the spot you want to do it at? Yeah, we, we could figure it out. I'll tell you where. I, you know where you should do it? Crest. No, Flappers in Burbank, where Schubert did his. It's a fucking great room. Is it? It's a comedy club setting. I did mine at the Colony Theater in Burbank. Yeah. But I would have done it at Flappers, too. All right, let's go take a look at Flappers. I, I'll, I'll look anywhere. I want to shoot a special. This year, I will shoot a special and if you do it, 100%. And, and if, you, if you do it for, say, five grand or ten grand... Are you kidding? It's worth every penny. It's worth every penny. Yeah, I'm shooting it. Enough said. And then, I'm shooting and then a special. Just get your shit done, get it out there, and move the fuck on. Yeah. And this way, you could put that to work, put that yep. to rest. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And uh, and that that'll be the move. Yep, absolutely. Hey, what's up, dude? Yo, give actually, us a, give us a couple minutes, minutes, man. We're, we're, yeah. we're podcasting. Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah. So that that's what I would do, dude. That's what I would do. Yo, comics are hilarious. They could walk in, see you on a mic, and they're like still trying to talk. Like, what's it? yo, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? He's a nice guy. But I'll I'll, I'll tell you this because we're wrapping it up. I, I love I love the comedy community. So do I. Only I fraternity. I love being friends with comics. Yep. Um, Amen. You know, it's it's some of the most dysfunctional, intelligent, creative bunch of people on the fucking planet. And, it, and, I, and I think that if, if we had a think tank of comedians, we could solve anything. Because we're not, we're not bitches. We're, th we're thick-skinned. Yep. You know, there's always this weird angle that a comic will see that everybody misses. That's why you can hear 20,000 different versions of the same joke. Totally. There's so many different angles. Totally. And, um, you know, and, and the best part is the friends that you make. I mean, I've known you longer than 
anybody I grew up with. Yeah, isn't that I've crazy? I've you, Sebastian, longer than anybody I've grown up with. I love <clears> it, man. I know. There's been moments on this, me I've hanging this weekend. I've spent my 20s, 30s, and going into my 40s yeah. with you. It's so funny because I look at you. I've looked at you a couple times this week, and I'm like, I look at you like a little brother. Like I told my brother <laughs> that. And I know you look at me like that a little bit, but even though I'm older. But I still... I kind of I don't worry about you, but I'm like I got you, Brett. While you're while you're ranting on your fucking insane tirade for 35 minutes, I'm just gonna sit here quietly, let everybody listen to <laughs> and eat hear you soup. out, and I'm gonna get you some soup and a sandwich. <laughs> Mike loves soup. I love soup. Mike Mike has a steady diet of soup, Patron, and fucking broccoli. And I'm telling you right now, if you want to preserve yourself and age, it's like this new diet. It's beyond paleo. <laughs> It literally it keeps you young. It's beyond paleo. That's what we should call it. We're, I'm one step beyond paleo. You're 78 years old, and you look like you're fucking 20. How, I mean, I'm looking strong right now. <laughs> Yo, but let, we, we could close out on that. Being a comedian, the comedy community is the only fraternity I ever felt comfortable in. That's why the comedy store, no matter what, is always the Can best place to hang. Can something funny? Was this even funny or just interesting? I mean, like, this is people love listening to this shit. Trust me, they like yeah. stories. They hear enough funny. You we guys can't should check f- out my podcast. We 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 keep it light. You were supposed to go on it twice. I sorry, bro. I'm directing movies. Okay. I, well, we were doing it to promote your movie. I we promoted it anyways with you not there. I'm sorry. I appreciate it big time. I tried to get you in my movie. Your schedule didn't permit. That's another story. I love you. Tell everybody where they can Just find check out, you. Check out our what you're my doing. podcast. You're on the list. Uh, it's you, we're on Stitcher, iTunes, or go to BrettErnst.com. B-R-E-T-E-R-N-S-T.com. I probably have the worst name. In the business. Why? Brett Ernst? What's wrong with Brett Ernst? <clears throat> people always add a T, add an E in the Ernest. It's like people, right. it's just. Right. No one knows how to find you. It's two cylinders. Like, no Brett vowel. spelled his name out four times on his closing joke last night. <laughs> I'm like Mr. Mixtelplick. There's yeah. no vowels in my yeah. fucking name. Um, got two vowels, the whole, the whole thing. What kind of Italian has just an E? An Irish one. Yeah. <laughs> a German one. A half German. Uh, yo, bro, thanks for being on this. Thanks for talking. Of we course, could go man. on for two hours. Well, we will just... when, once this goes off. Yeah. Um, love you, brother. Love you. Peace. Later. Mike Young, stories that need to be told. Me and Brett Ernst, Phoenix, Arizona, stand up live, Sunday night pre show. Goodbye. <laughs>